What's going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieved stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to uh, chat with Raina Roberts over Zoom video. Raina was born in Alaska, lived there till she was about three years old, and then moved to Alabama and then eventually to California. Now she is in Nashville, Tennessee. Raina started music at a very, very early age. She apparently was singing before she could even speak and then started piano at an early age as well. She talks about the first song she ever wrote, which was actually to a boy she had a crush on that was on the wrestling team. And she played the song for everybody on the wrestling team, which is really interesting. We hear about her working with different producers, moving to Nashville, having her song played on Monday Night Football. Raina tells us all about the new album, Bad Girl Bible Volume 1. She even hints at the Bad Girl Bible Volume 2, what that will be about. And we talk about the music video for the song Miranda, which recently was playing in Times Square, on a massive billboard in Times Square. Super cool. You can watch the interview with Raina on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And that's at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, we would love it if you rate and review us there as well. And it would be awesome if you share the episode as well. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Raina Roberts. Hi, Raina. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you doing? I am fantastic as well. I appreciate you doing this today. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you for having me. Of course. And thank you for being so flexible on uh, the the day change and all that. It's all good. It's no worries. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm Adam. So nice to meet you. And nice to meet is- you, too. This is, excuse me, I had a hiccup. Uh, this is about you and your journey in music. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. What do you want to know? What do you want to know? I want to know everything about you. I did see, there's some very fascinating things. And uh, I, are you born in Alaska, huh? Is that true? In, yeah, that's true. I was born in Alaska. My parents are veterans. So, oh, awesome. like, yeah. Very cool. So, Alaska, what part of Alaska were you born in? Anchorage, and then we lived in Fairbanks. Okay, were you there mm-hmm. very long? Doesn't sound like. <laughs> Not like how long was I? Uh, I was there until like three, three or four years old. I was, I was tiny. Okay, um, mm-hmm. and I did read. This is via Wikipedia, so who knows? Oh, correct. Um, <laughs> I, you were born premature, two months premature. I was. Mm-hmm. My, yeah, my, I was. So I, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just gonna say yeah, I was like two pounds. Um, yeah, two pounds in Alaska. That was oh the, that's God. where this, the story, the journey begins. Wow. Well, my son was also born nine weeks premature as well. That was a journey. I had like, with how small was he? He was like double your size. He was four <laughs> pounds, five ounces, okay. but it's still very, very small. I mean, two, that's very, very small, but four pounds is very, very small too. I can't even imagine like half that. Like, it was funny. My brother-in-law, my my wife's brother and his wife just had a baby. And mm-hmm. uh, so I was going and they had a boy. So I was going through like yeah. I saved a bunch of stuff for my son. So I was going through uh, mm-hmm. his, some of his clothes to see if I could, uh, you know, give my my brother-in-law some like cool things that we had. Yeah. And I found like his preemie 
like a onesie that he had mm-hmm. and like it's like this big and i remember it's- it just being so massive on him that's crazy like yeah. when i think two pounds four pounds i'm like that's that's kind of terrifying actually like <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. i can't I mean, even imagine that but two i mean two pounds were you like in the nicu and stuff i was for be. two months yeah, okay yeah. yeah my son was in the nicu for 29 days. Oh, yeah about a month uh, yeah. it was rough i mean I, I can't imagine what your parents are going through it was it was it was i mean you show up and your kids in this like incubator and my son had all this like like mass oxygen and like all this stuff and it was just yeah like i see pictures of it now and it's like uh, no you went through it i mean don't apologize to me (laughs) Um, i mean i don't you know like that's it wasn't an experience for me like my parents talked about it like often and i'm just like damn that sounds like that sounds like a lot and i'm glad that i'm not on the other side of it oh yeah are you an only child i am okay so uh, you were the first and well, only, but only? Um, I mean, your parents having their first daughter, like having to go to the the NICU and it was rough. I mean, I can't mm-hmm. even imagine like, you know, you go there like you, your kid is just born and then you, mm-hmm. you can't t- you're like going to this like incubator thing for like a month. And yeah, yeah. you got to scrub all the way up to your armpits before you go in and like only two people could go in. And like it was just like, yeah, it was a. It was a interesting experience, but I'm yeah. glad that you turned out as amazing as you have, and and my son's doing great. And, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, um, I'm glad. I'm glad that he's okay, and because I know that you know it's different for like so, some some different babies have different developmental like issues. So I'm glad that like everything. Yeah, cool. yeah. No, I mean he's yeah he's he he's doing awesome now. But yeah, he had to go through all the things like the <laughs> speech and the. Yeah, all the all the therapies and all that stuff. Did you mm-hmm. um, were you in that? Oh uh, yeah, I'm, things. That's honestly probably not even probably. That's why I'm a singer. My my parents use uh, music to help me like develop my like um my skills and language. And um, I was like singing before I was um even like speaking really. Wow. And um, I was supposed to be developmentally delayed, but because I use music, um, I was actually like on track and um. Yeah. So everything. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you started what these singing, obviously, before mm-hmm. you were speaking like so what at what age were you um, like, like, I mean, was that something that you were you in? I did read that you did. You've done piano for a long time. Was that something you did as a very young child and everything and sing like, and about, all that stuff? like eight years old for a piano, like singing? I've been singing for forever. Right. Um, but in terms of piano. I started playing like classical music when I was around eight years old and yeah. And I was trained for probably about like eight, nine years or so. Um, And then I started kind of focusing on like songwriting and singing as opposed to like classical music specifically. Okay. When did you start doing that? Like songwriting? songwriting? Yeah. yeah, Uh, Sorry. Songwriting. No, no worries. I think I want, I want to say like, uh, like 16 around that age. Oh, yeah, yeah, so you were in there. high school. Were you in high school at that point? I would imagine. Okay. Yeah. Today, hip hop dominates pop culture, but it wasn't always like that. And to tell the story of how that changed, I want to take you back to a very special year in rap. Eighty-eight. It was too much good music. The world was on fire. fire yeah. 
I'm Will Smith. This is Class of 88, my new podcast about the moments, albums, and artists that inspired a sonic revolution and secured 1988 as one of hip-hop's most important years. We'll talk to the people who were there. And most of all, we'll bring you some amazing stories. You know what my biggest memory from that tour is? It was your birthday. Yes, and you brought me to Sade, life-size cardboard cutout. <laughs> this is Class of 88, the story of a year that changed hip-hop. Listen to Class of 88 wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge the entire series right now on the Amazon Music app or Audible. And where were you living at that point? Were you in, uh, you, you said three left Alaska, so. Three left Alaska. Um, we went to Alabama and we were there for about four years or so. And then we moved to California. And so by high school, I, I went to three different high schools. So it was a few different cities in California, but that was when I started actually like um, songwriting and, and working on like doing stuff outside of classical music and outside of, you know, covers. Okay, when where uh where in California? Let me think. Uh high school, that means I was in Long Beach, I was in Walnut, I was in Fullerton. Okay, yeah. so all LA area, Southern California. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. I, my my dad's from uh like Fresno, Madeira, oh. like Northern California, like, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Middle um, California. But yeah, I grew up <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> all right, but I grew up in Southern California. Wow, that's wrong. I mean, I'm from San Diego, but I live in Nashville oh. now. I think you live in Nashville as well, right? I do. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Uh, when did you move to Nashville? I, like a week before the pandemic. So like a uh, oh, March damn. something in 2020. Yeah, it was a it was a very interesting experience. I had been I had already been like coming to visit Nashville, but um, I had actually moved and got like my first apartment in Nashville, uh, like the week before the lockdown. And so, yeah. <laughs> oh man yeah we moved here in uh we came out in like december 2020 to like solidify the move here and then we ended up moving yeah. in february 21 mm -hmm. so we haven't been here i mean maybe two and a half years i yeah. guess yeah about yeah uh, we love it I here like, i feel like a lot of things didn't really open up until like a year and a half ago or something like that um so yeah yeah when we moved here we we live in williamson county and when we moved here, like the the day we got here on a week, we must have got here on a weekend or something. And like that Monday, like they lifted all the mass restrictions and stuff. I was like, damn, this is different. <laughs> right, right, right. As opposed to California, because in California, yeah. everything was like a lot. Damn. Oh, we went back in like Christmas 21 into 22. And mm -hmm. like you had to wear a mask going in like the stores Everywhere. and stuff. And I was yeah. like, whoa, this is. It was weird because we hadn't been here very long, like a few months, but it was like then going back. Anyway, it was crazy. But um, so you were doing piano for eight. So were you, did you start when you were in Alabama? Um, I actually started. I, I'm pretty sure I started. I think I did like one class in Alabama, but majority of my training was uh, by my instructor, uh, instructor, Joseph Ataya in California. And okay. so we would just go like almost every week um, and he would just he would teach me, you know, all all the basics uh, for like classical. And then at one point um, I was like, can you teach me how to like sing and play? And that's how that kind of started. Oh, um, and he's a, and, an amazing teacher. And you were and you said you started off on doing covers. Like what were you? I mean, you do country music now. Was that something you've always liked or were you, did you yeah. start doing country? 
Well, my parents had always played all genres of music uh, for me growing up. So like as a singer and a writer, I was always writing all the things. I just wrote whatever inspired me. Like I hadn't, I never thought about things of like genres like specifically. Mm -hmm. So when I started doing covers, I I did like Avril Lavigne. I did um, uh, Chop Suey. I did no <laughs> Sullivan. I did Beyonce. Oh wow! Do you have any? I would one. love to hear your rendition of Chop Suey. I'm <laughs> it was like one of the first things I had. I was trying to teach myself because of the um, the different uh, harmonies in the song. Um, but yeah, I I played like all Adele. Like it, uh -huh. it was everything. It was whatever like I inspired me and I wanted to learn. So okay, yeah, across then, the board. Yeah, that's awesome. And then so you started songwriting, you said around 16. And then were you mm -hmm. like, what was kind of the next, like you start songwriting, you get like a like validation early on, like, oh, wow, like, you know, Rana's a really good songwriter. Or like, how, how did you continue? Were you showing people mm -hmm. songs right away? Or like, what was kind of the first real? Yeah, jump? like I've always, thankfully, I've always had um like my, my family and friends that were uh, like I've always had support and I've always had um, people encourage me, encouraging me. So it was never like, don't do this. Or like, it was always like, yes, you can do it. Keep going. You'll keep oh, getting awesome. better and better. Um, and honestly, from the very beginning, like, Oh, no, I won't say the very beginning. Cause I started writing like poems and then kind of graduated to like starting Aww. to level up yeah. in terms of like my skill set for writing songs. Um, but I would say even early on, like some of my first songs were actually like pretty, I think they were pretty, um, pretty great. And <laughs> like the first official song I did, um, I wrote about my wrestling captain at the time. And I remember after I did the song, I went to school and I played it for like my whole wrestling team and <laughs> it became like a, a theme, um, for that whole year. So it, it was, I was, I wasn't, I was fearless when it came to like showing my music and like my artistry. So it's yeah. the one thing I'm like, I love to do. So damn, you're on the wrestling team too was i was wow mm -hmm. yeah i can't mess with you i mean i was pretty <laughs> i was pretty bad at first it took it took like a, a a good year and a half uh in in order for me to grow and get better because it, it went from me like ha being super clumsy and awkward to you know having to gain muscle and be athletic and yeah, yeah. were you it the only female on team um on one of the teams out of three um so, so out of the three schools, there was one school that had, I'm sorry. Yeah, there's one school that had girls and guys. And then my second high school, I was the only girl. And then the third high school, there's a girls team and a guys team. But we all like wrestled together anyway. So I was always wrestling guys and girls. Okay. Wow. Mm -hmm. That was, I mean, that's, it, that takes courage in itself, I'm sure, right? Showing up and be like, no, I'm going to join the team. <laughs> you I, know? Mean, I don't know. <laughs> I guess I've always decided to do things that are like, <laughs> but like just a challenge um but i didn't think about it at the time i just thought it was interesting and i wanted to learn and uh -huh. once i was in it i was like i want to get better and better and so yeah. yeah you said you wrote your first song that you showed somebody or people to to for your wrestling captain was it like uh <laughs> like a love type song like i have a crush on you type song or is it just like you're a great wrestler i mean like what was the concept <laughs> behind it like what it was it was called lying to myself um i had a big crush on him but also knew he didn't like me. So the song was called lying to myself. Like I'm a girl you'll never see. I'm just like lying to myself. Um, okay. That was like the whole concept. And I was Did like, he know it was about him. Did you go like, I wrote the song about you and then you played it for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, I told him, I told him specifically, uh, I didn't tell like everybody, 
but also everybody knew I had a crush on him. So, and it was actually during, um, I think my, I had told my coach, I was like, Hey, I just recorded my first song. Can we play it for everybody? He was like, yeah. And he was like, it's probably about Noah, huh? And I was uh, like, how did you know? And I was like, he was like, I was just kidding. But uh, <laughs> and so I'm like, damn, well, there we go. Everybody knows now. But it wasn't oh, really so you had recorded. It wasn't like you're like, OK, everybody gather around. I'm going to play the song live. Well, we were all in the in the in the room and you can hear like the speakers are you can hear it throughout the throughout the room. And he was like, yeah, I'll play it for everybody. And so, yeah, that's how that's how that happened. Well, tell me about recording that song. Well, like, about recording it um, yeah yeah like getting the like mm-hmm. going in and actually recording a song that must have was that your first experience doing that with that first it song? was it yeah. was and my mom had um reached out to a producer i, I honestly can't even remember who it was um if i if i asked her she would she would know all the details but we went to his <laughs> um studio his home studio in california um and i mean i can't really remember the experience i just knew that i loved it and then i was like this is what i'm meant to do um, this is where I'm supposed to be. Uh, so, yeah, it didn't even feel like foreign or or like out of place. It was just like, yeah, this is this is what I was so, created for. OK. And then so you did that one song you showed showed your whole team. And then uh, from there, were you like, OK, this is it. Like, I'm going to just keep like, did you end up going to school for music or was it like you knew what you're going to do? You're going to just pursue this from there on out. Yeah, I think like. I've never wanted to do anything else. I've always known that I was going to be a singer and be an artist. Um, mm-hmm. So it's never been a question like, who do I want to be? Um, or what am I going to do? I've always known it. Um, once I did that song, I was like, okay, now, now I want to do more. And so um, my family and I, we just started reaching out to people in the music industry since we didn't know anybody. Um, mm-hmm. And we would go to LA and just meet with different producers and writers and started to, to grow, like, um, like grow, grow, the net not just the network but like people surrounding me to help me build on my craft so yeah that's yeah that was so that's where it started and i just kept writing and then got introduced to more songwriters more producers and from there just kept reaching out to people Mm -hmm. and what was like the what would you say like a big milestone or like a an, an elevating step was for that like obviously you're meeting people you're writing more songs and uh, was there like something that was like, okay, here's the next, we, I leveled up to this next thing and this happened or like I went on tour or I put out an EP or like, what was, was there a moment like that you can remember? I would say probably when I moved to Nashville um, and Carrie, once Carrie Underwood and Mickey Guyton had posted me on their platforms, then oh, I damn. started getting like, <laughs> okay. like, uh, then I feel like things really went to the next level. Cause then I was on ESPN and then Rolling Stone and Billboard. And that was all like around the same time and then doing uh stagecoach, which was my, my first uh, festival. And then I was like, okay, now I'm actually, I feel like I'm in the door. Like things are starting to move and it's starting to become a career. Um, and I'm starting to get people in place that are like a part of my team. I feel like that was the moment where I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm le- leveling up. And now I'm, you know, wasn't on the radio like that, but my song was songs were played on the radio. So I'm like, okay, hey, like this is, I'm making my path. Yeah. Um, wow. I mean, just getting those those people to share your what was that your actual song? Like Carrie Underwood's like, oh, this is this, check out this dope artist and like. Put no, up it was a cover. I did a cover of one of her songs and um and then she um and then she posted on her. Well, Mickey uh, posted on her socials first and Carrie saw it, I think, from her page, maybe. And then she posted it. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like that was when I 
started seeing that this was becoming just a career. Like it's always been a passion and something I've always been striving and working on. But then I saw like real evidence of it becoming something. If you're an independent artist, you may know the struggle of you got these great songs. How do I get them in front of record labels, radio DJs, get them on Spotify playlists? How does this happen? Well, friends, this is Adam from Bringing It Backwards, and I'm going to tell you about this amazing website called DropTrack. DropTrack will get you a free press release for your music with the new AI-powered PR agent from DropTrack. DropTrack has helped thousands of independent musicians actually get their music heard by connecting them with record labels, radio DJs, Spotify playlist curators, and now DropTrack is leveraging the power of AI to help you promote your music. It's super simple. All you have to do is upload your song and then DropTrack will write a professional, personalized press release that describes your music all in just seconds. Then DropTrack helps you share it with the world. You might ask yourself, Adam, why do I need a press release for my music? Well, you need a press release because you need to be able to describe your music in words. You can send the press release to record labels or radio programmers, media outlets, and these industry folk and your fans will actually be able to read about your music before they even press play on the song. This will also get them interested in your music so they want to listen to it. A really good friend of mine's been an independent musician for a number of years, written so many great songs, but he's like, why do I need a press release? So I explained to him the importance of the press release, being able to describe the music. People know what they're getting into before they even press play. He drops his song into drop track. It writes this beautiful press release. Then all he has to do is just send it out. Super simple. What are you waiting for? Get a press release for your own song. Try it now for free at www.droptrack.com. That's droptrack.com. That's D-R-O-P-T-R-A-C-K, droptrack, droptrack.com. Check it out today. Validated you massively, right? Having those mm-hmm. two artists go, hey, yeah, this, per- this song is, this is a great cover. Check out this artist. And then... Mm-hmm. Now you have more eyes on you and right. we're, and then to get, you said ESPN and uh, Rolling Stone magazine and all these people are reaching out to you at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It opened that's, doors. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. It was awesome. It was cool. Wow. Um, what was it like? Like I did see you were like on Monday night football. It, it was that <laughs> your song played. Like, what was that? I mean, that's a huge, that's a huge you know platform. What? I, <laughs> to be honest, there's things I'm so naive about. So like, I don't watch football at all. Um, okay. so when I got the ESPN placement, I was like, that, I feel like that's a big deal. Is it a big deal? Cause it seems like it could be. And then with Rolling Stone, I was like, I feel like this is, a, is it a big deal or is it just like, eh? and my family's like, no, that's no, that's big, huge. Big that's the biggest, like, yeah. I'm like, yay. Okay. Music magazine there is. <laughs> right. And I, I was just like, un like unaware. Um, but yeah, it was special for me. It was just the fact that people are like my music enough to play it into into support it so sure yeah wow and then you said you played stage stagecoach what year did you play mm-hmm. stagecoach this past one it wasn't this past one we're, we're in was it 2022 i can't remember if, if it was 21 or 22 if i'm being honest uh it might have been 21 
Well, that's still like the biggest. I mean, I'm not way deep into the country scene, but I would imagine that that's one I know of. Right. It's a yeah. Coachella weekends. I mean, that's like one of the biggest festivals there are in country. Yeah. It's the, I would say it's probably if not the this, if the it's not one. the biggest, it's probably like the second biggest. Um, but yeah. So that was I was like, OK, now things are starting to happen. Uh, I'm starting to be placed in front of people, which is great, which, you know, then I was like, OK, now I have to to create an album. Now I have to, you know, level up and, and like go beyond what, where I'm at now. Uh huh. And now you put out an album. You just did what a couple of weeks ago, right? I did. I did. Yep. Mm -hmm. So bad girl Bible volume <laughs> one. So yeah. tell me about this album. When do you start writing it? When do you work? Like, was this a project you started when you got to Nashville? Honestly, like I I've used like so there's songs on there that I started writing before I even uh, came to Nashville. Um, but deciding to like do an album and working on it, I started that problem. I want to say like sometime last year, um, let's say like January, for example, last year. Okay. Um, and then I was like, okay, let me choose like some of my favorite songs that I haven't, you know, that haven't been released yet. And let me start working on things that well, and not just enhance like the brand and people's like um, perspective of me or perception of me, but let me tell, let me create stories that I feel like I can sing forever and that like I'm in love with. Um, so it took, yeah, it took about a year to write all the rest of the songs. And then in terms of like coming up with the, the visuals and like the photo shoots and all that stuff, um, also planned it out for like a year. Uh, Cause I wanted to have like a photo shoot for like every single song and I oh, wanted awesome. to have things that, um, you know, that I'd be really proud of. So I feel like it, it all came together how I wanted to, how I wanted it to be. At what point did you really, did you know you wanted to do an album when you went into it? Or was it like, okay, these songs all kind of have a through line that I could put together into a bigger project? I've, always, I've definitely always wanted to do an album, but it was a matter of like resources and having uh, like the songwriters and producers and, and the resources to put one together. Um, and once I realized like, okay, I'm going to do an album now, then I had to figure out what kind of story I wanted to tell. And so I kind of just found a storyline with um, like some of my favorite songs and making sure that it was not only cohesive, but like it had meaning, it had meaning and um, it felt like immersive and not just something that I like threw together, like mm -hmm. something that was purposeful and intentful. And yeah. So what would you like going into it? Like what, what, what was the, you know, concept or through line that you found that you're like, okay, this is where I'm going to continue down this bad path. girl Bible. <laughs> once I, once I, um, I came one day, I like thought of that title and then I was like, I, that should be a song. And I wrote it as a song and I was like, Oh my, I really love this title. I don't know how people feel about it. I don't want them to get the wrong idea of me, but at the same time, it's something that's really speaking to me. So, um, I was like, okay, that's just going to be the title of the album. Now let me see how I can create this narrative throughout all the songs. And so I chose the songs where I, I felt like it, like you would feel like you're on a journey um, with this character. Cause this, like half of the songs I've are about me, but half of the songs are just stories that I wanted to create and um, wanted to tell. And so I wanted to make sure that it was all like, there's a continuous through line that felt like impactful by the end of it. Sure. And what, what, like, was there, um, you said bad girl Bible was the song that you're like, okay, this is the, this is the narrative towards it. And that's the last song yeah. on the album kind of closes right. out the album. Mm -hmm. Um, and with, with some of those songs, like what, was there a song or like, what, at what point did you, I guess my question is like, 
going through all the songs you had written in the past, like, was mm-hmm. it hard to kind of sift through and be like, okay, this is like, I love this yeah. song so much. I want it on the album. Yeah, that was really, really hard. Cause some of my fa- absolute favorite songs aren't on there because they didn't fit the narrative. They didn't fit the kind of, um, not only the brand that I wanted b- behind Bad Girl Bible, but like the story in and of itself of Bad Girl Bible. And so some like a few of my absolute favorite songs aren't on there, um, but they'll be on volume two because I'm going to make sure that for that, it's going to be, you know, a whole different story that these elements make sense in, in that setting. But I was like, I can't have like half of half of Bad Girl Bible be like ballads. That's not going to fit the Bad Girl Bible like brand and title and, and the feeling that I want to give right off, off the bat for my first album. So, um, I was okay. This will, these songs will have to be for the second, second album, um, or second half of the double album. Okay. So I I, I was, that was, I was going to go there with the volume two. I would imagine there, there would be a volume two. Right. um, So that one's our, do you have an idea? I know this just came out, so I don't want to like get too far ahead. But I'm just curious, like, is there, do you, did you have an idea that once you had bad girl, uh, bad girl Bible, you're like, okay, this is, this, uh, this has to be two parts. Cause I love these songs so much. Is that what kind of became two, or was it like, Mm -hmm. like, how did you come up with knowing that this was going to be the first volume of this story? Well, cause I wrote like, I wrote like at least 24 songs and I wanted to, uh, do a double album but my team was like you know as an artist like this is your first <laughs> this is your first album let's break it up in halves so let's do this one first and then we'll do this part after the first one um but it's because I had so much songs that I, I I'm in love with and um yeah we were like it just makes sense to break it in half sure but I, mm-hmm. that's but that's so rad that you were that, that's cool that your team was like yeah let's do an album I mean you I would think just nowadays with uh, the, <laughs> the, the short attention span of people and just it's all about singles and I'll probably like, put five singles out and then maybe I'll put a six to make it a EP. You know, it's right. like, that's just kind of the way it is going at this point. Yeah, the fact that sure. you're like, no, I'm going to put an album out. Like, I think that's amazing. Well, thank you. I think it, it also comes to it comes down to like, we don't want something to just be like, we're not looking for something that's like short and fast and like just um, not only are we looking for like something that's going to hit, but we want like longevity. We want um, to grab people and fans that will understand me as an artist as a whole and not just like little like snippets of me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the difference is, is like we're, we want my career to be, like we want to have longevity. We don't want something that's just supposed to be fast and, and then um, not there anymore. And so we've, a whole body of work is going to be what I feel like draws people in the most, as opposed to something that's just possibly popular, like for a second. Yeah. Well, tell mm-hmm. me about this moment that you had, you posted this video like two days ago and you're, Which one? The, you're in, it looks like downtown New York. Uh, oh, the billboard. Yeah. The video yeah. is playing. It's like, not just like, here's a billboard of me. Mm-hmm. You have the music video going yeah. on this gigantic screen, mm-hmm. well, but that must have been just unreal. Well, it was awesome because I've, um, 
as long as I've been in Nashville, one of the biggest champions of me have, has been Leslie Fram, and I absolutely love her, and I, I adore CMT. And she's, for the longest time, they're like, give us a music video. We need a music video. We want to put it up in Times Square. Um, and thankfully, I finally got to the point where I had something that I was not only extremely proud of, but something that could also be viewed in Times Square, like something that was appropriate and that fit like all the standards. Um, and so, you know, Miranda fit, I feel like that's also the best, like if somebody wanted to be like, what is, you know, who is Raina Roberts? What is like her brand? What does she look like? And I feel like the Miranda music video is a great uh, representation of that. Yeah. I mean, just this, watching this video is just so the fact that it's in the middle, like seeing you on this giant screen in the middle of uh, Times Square, that, that had to be like, wow. Like that, that like, must've been like, I made, I made it moment. Right. <laughs> it was like a, it's, it's like, I, <sighs> me and my family, my team, we work so hard for these moments. And so when they come, I get really happy, but um, it's also like, yes, finally. Okay. Like it's, um, I have to also take a moment to really appreciate it because I'm like kind of person that's like, okay, on to the next, what do I need to do now? What do I need to do now? I'm always focusing on like what the next thing is. Um, so I can be continuously like leveling up or like doing better than like a week before or a month before, whatever the case is. Mm -hmm. And so um, I had to take those moments to be like, yes. Okay. You put all the hard work has been put into this. You've done it. Like appreciate it. Cause I like my, my friend and I, we edited the video. We, there's so much um, that I literally had a hand in, in terms of like, not just being the artist, but like picking out the location, picking out the clothes, picking out the, the cast, like all the things editing the video. Um, wow. And so it's like, okay, like just take a moment to appreciate that this is what has happened because of all the work that everybody's put in. Yeah. And do you enjoy having your hand in it like that? Like, is it like being able to have the freedom to choose what you want to wear and what the video is going to look like and even going Definitely. down to the edit? Like, Definitely. Because if, one thing that I've learned, I've, I've always been the kind of person that like, um, up until I feel like a few months ago, if somebody had a different opinion than me, I'd be like, oh, maybe like yours would be better. Like, let me listen to what you have to say. Even if on the inside, I'd be like, but I think mine is probably better. Um, and I kind of just learned to listen to like my internal voice and then go with what I think is best as opposed to being swayed by other people's like opinions and thoughts. And I feel like um, because because that's happened in the past like few months, I've been actually able to um, start to grab an audience that sees me for me because I'm showing them what like I really want them to see and not what somebody else wants. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, like I love having a hand in it because it's what I want it to be. And it's not something that's like um, some, it's something that I'm really proud of. Sure. And I would imagine yeah. that being pretty hard to do, right? Like you're uh, <laughs> you're as far as like, not only the, the creative piece of it and being there for all the edits, but the fact that you want to do what you want to do, because you've got mm. a team and other people in the industry surrounding you, like, Oh, yeah. like, you might be like, Oh, maybe their idea is better. They've been doing this for longer. Maybe the, I should listen mm. to this person because they have this credit or whatever it may be. And then mm -hmm. to just stick to your own gut and be like, no, no, this is going to be what, what I, I want it to be. Yeah, yeah. Regardless of what, what anyone else says, like right. that's, that takes a lot of courage. That took a lot of time to build, but thankfully <laughs> I, I finally got to that, to that point. Also, I'm just realizing that my phone is on 2%. So let uh -oh. me grab this, uh, let me grab this here charger. No um, worries. 
I only have a couple more questions for you, but I'm just, yeah, 2% <laughs> might, might cut us off, but I'm. There we go. Uh, okay. Now I'm good, but yeah, it took some, it took some time to get there, but I finally made it. And I'm proud of, I'm proud of the, the body of work I have. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing album. And uh, so <laughs> is two, are you already like working on two? Oh yeah. It's like basically, I think things have to be kind of like mixed and mastered, but other, and then I have to do the music, more music videos and photo shoots, but I already have ideas for all those things. So now it's just kind of putting those things into like getting, get, getting everything like finalized and glossed over. And wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you're already, mm -hmm. you're already on to the next. Um, <laughs> are you doing a tour or anything to support the album or playing around Nashville um, at least? Definitely playing around Nashville. And I have some, I have some different, um, things I'm booked for, but right now I am looking to get on a tour. Um, so that's in the works. That's in the process to see um, who the best fit would be. Okay. Whether it's We're... inside, or whether it's in country or outside of country. Oh, okay. Um, mm -hmm. well, like now, like where are you, are you playing around Nashville anytime soon? I'd love to go check um, you out. I'm playing, I'm actually going to do a whiskey jam for the first time. Next, oh, cool. Next week. So that will be, that'll be fun. Um, cause I haven't done it yet. So that will be great. I'm also doing, doing a show in like New York, Chicago, and then LA next month. Um, but yeah, those are the ones that at least like come to the forefront of my mind at the moment. Yeah. Love it. Well, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for doing this right now. And thank no, you for sure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I have one more question. Um, yeah. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. I would say that my advice is number one, don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it or you're not capable of being a superstar or a star. Um, Cause a lot of people I feel like have their own limitations and they try to put it on other people. And then also I would say that, you know, who you are and yes, it, it's great to listen to other people's advice, but if you feel like it's going against what you truly believe in your vision, then don't listen to it and do what you feel like is best. Um, and also, if you don't have any connections in the music industry, do your research, do, you, do your homework and try to meet as many producers and writers as possible. Send them DMs and send them emails, um, find their information and contact them. That's what I did since I didn't know anybody in the, in the industry. And um, definitely <laughs> uh, social media, not only social media, but like actually work on your craft. Because I think I feel like we're getting um, we're we're in a time where I feel like everybody is like, so con they're like consistently like posting and like f focusing on socials, which is really important, but also focus on like your craft and, and like the actual artistry and try to do something that is going to keep you in the industry forever and not just for a moment. <laughs>